0: Welcome to the Crypto Business Podcast brought to you by Token mines I'm your host Rob Igerham, Director at TocoMines, a full service crypto agency that provides marketing development and strategy service for blockchain and NFT projects. In this podcast, we will discuss any blockchain company that is relevant for businesses and entrepreneurs. Today, we'll go over the relevant news articles for this week. I have in the podcast with me, Dev and Reinhard. Dev is a business development manager working in the blockchain field for several years now, and Reinert is a data analyst working full time on gathering and analyzing data in the crypto industry. Let's start first with our main news article for this week, which is India's updated crypto stance. Dev, can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Sure, thank you very much for the introduction, Rob. appreciate that. So the theme this week has been to, uh, uh, to cover some of key uh, international announcements, right? Several countries coming out and announcing um, their adoption of CBDCs. And, in, 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 you know, for me, uh, India rings a, a loud bell uh, on the economic times. Uh, you know, India recently introduced their budget for the year 2022. Uh, and they announced that they're going to um, legalize obviously the user cryptocurrency assets but uh, you know with the heavy or the maximum tax uh, bracket of 30 percent right um, so anytime there's a transfer of virtual cryptocurrency assets they'll be taxed at 30 percent and there's no deductions allowed um, at the time of um, you know uh, de- declaring our taxes at the end of the year so this goes into effect next year april 2023 um, and, and while this is obviously uh, a deterrent for a lot of people because of the maximum tax bracket I think it's been perceived or received by the general public in, in a favorable way because what it does is it, uh, it diminishes any or uh, any prior previously existing um, ambiguity around uh, the country's stance of cryptocurrency right um and and with the cbdc now and uh i think that will uh, complement the existing payment systems india has a strong payment systems digital payment systems that as it is uh makes uh uh paying for the, the smallest of transactions at a grocery store or a larger transaction is very easy so with now the cbdc on the blockchain i suspect or anticipate that uh, uh, locally they will now uh, allow for uh, borrowing and lending on a larger scale. So, more DeFi apps that could be coming out of this place and uh, a more uh, interesting use cases in, in the DApp development sector that one could see coming out from India. Yeah, that was uh, and, my and first thought. That I think.
0: Um, sorry, how, how does this crypto tax work then? This 30% is every time you make a transaction, how, how do they calculate?
1: Right. So, so basically, what they're saying is that um, your the, the the it'll be like a, you know a capital gains tax, for example. It's it's they've now considered at the same bracket. So, at the end of the year, at the end of fiscal year, when you declare your gains and income, when you file taxes, this particular segment will be uh, taxed at thirty percent. Right. Uh, so that's um, uh, that's the that's that's the impact that it has. Uh, with regards to taxation at least right um, and there are other couple of impacts as well there's one on regulation and obviously legal consequences that come off of this right so uh, jurisdiction uh, the, the legal system will have to also adapt to this to this new 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 ruling and uh, so so. Uh, from from that standpoint, uh, there is more positive sort of uh, resonance uh, in, in the general public here, or at least in the news media that we read of. Um, yeah, with, I saw with clarity now. Yeah.
0: as well. Uh, that he also responded quite positively, right? He he was saying, finally, some some serious regulation, but too bad about the tax. But in general, yeah, correct. And it's It's also it's also coming from uh, pretty high up, right? It's a pretty kind of it's pretty sure that this is going to happen.
1: Right. It's in the annual budget, right? So anytime there's a fiscal budget released every year, uh, that's that's official dictum, essentially. Right. It gives clarity on what's happening in regards to investments. It gives clarity on what those sectors of investments will be how FDI, which is foreign direct investment, will play a key role, how foreign manufacturers can come establish their businesses here, and among other things, where the nation's priorities lie with regards to infrastructure, which is roads, constructions, you name it, education, right? So now, it's interesting to see that with with India, this plays uh, a very important has an important impact because India has not yet established itself as a key economic player. It is growing at a rapid pace. It's, go, it's it's got a strong economy projected to grow at a rapid pace, but it's not it's not the U.S. It's not France. It's not the U.K. Right where where CBDC would have a, a positive impact in in India, it may have or it may be received in negatively in the U.S. and in the West where. Liberty it takes a greater precedence, uh, not ease of uh, government control, right? So um, that sort of ties me into the next article that I wanted to share with you, which is a, an op-ed piece on Newsweek, where um, uh, the the editor and the authors are frowning upon um, the U.S. is, uh, you know, uh, welcoming or or piloting a CBDC program, right? Uh, it kind of follows the same path as, as uh, in the footwork of, of China, footsteps of China, where they're already piloting um, uh, their CBDC uh, with millions of people already transacting, um, daily consumers and whatnot. Uh, in, in the US, uh, obviously, yes, they'll, they'll have, again, uh, better uh, transparency on what's happening with their currency and what kind of transactions are taking place. But there's a huge concern about sovereignty and, and liberty and, and the implications that they have on, um, uh, on, on knowing and, and maintaining the data, right? So another key thing to look at is, is the fact that this is all on the blockchain. So the data of every individual consumer now is going to be on that blockchain, which, will, which the central government would have access to, which is not the case right now. So people are up in arms about that uh, aspect of, of the CBDC, at least in, in the U.S. What are your thoughts there, Rob? Um,
0: yeah, I think the privacy issue does make a lot of sense. But at the same time, there. I don't know which... Uh, technology they will base it on, but I do know that, for example, Ethereum is working on implementations to allow for, for more privacy in transactions. And for sure, there are other blockchains as well that already have this uh, feature. So I think it doesn't necessarily need to mean that um, all the transactions are visible for everyone, but I'm not sure um, Yeah, what, what technology they will use for this.
1: Right, right. And speaking about new technology, uh, my last and final article to complement our talks on CBDCs is the uh, is the one by theblockcrypto.com. Here uh, we have Stellar, which is an open source uh, um, software blockchain that launched a, uh, a a stablecoin which was pegged on the Brazilian real. Right, and um, it was it's been uh, already introduced and. Uh again, this is now uh it reminds me of what India has done with their introduction of their uh or their plans for a CBDC. Here it's a stable coin on a pegged to the real, but again, the use cases will be similar, I feel where the BRIC countries now, which are gaining a momentum in economic growth, are uh are trying to uh you know again be the incumbent nations when it comes to use cases for for DeFi applications. So for businesses looking to leverage blockchain, you can, you can definitely see a lot of use cases coming out of uh, biz, uh, Brazil and Latin America wanting to leverage uh, the, uh, blockchain and cryptocurrency. And now this stablecoin, which they think would, be, would remain stable, uh, obviously depends on how the real does going forward. Um, uh, we will see use cases coming out with regards to, again, financial lending, borrowing, banking on a larger scale. Yeah, definitely uh, right, interesting. And Rod, yeah, your thoughts here? Yeah. Yeah,
0: no. For, from my perspective, it, I think it, yeah, it's definitely interesting. I think there's quite some some projects with uh, kind of stable coin um, features. Terra blockchain is one of them. It's a Korean one that has actually, um, you know, not just like the Korean local currency, but they support a lot of different ones, uh, and uh, it's. Good that you mention it in combination with like the CBDCs, because it's kind of competition for them, right? So you have these kind of uh, uh, central bank based ones versus kind of privately operated ones. And the second one is definitely most popular right now, especially for USD. So there's a lot of people also talking, okay, why do you even need a CBDC? Because we have already very well uh, working uh, stable coins as is. Um, yeah, those are my thoughts about that. What about you, Rainer?
2: Okay. The F- yeah, so uh, I heard about it, like they said F- said multiple times about the uh, India was emerging market, right? And yeah, it's kind of related to me because I found an article about the also coming from uh, emerging nation, emerging market nation, like this time i got a brought an article from mcrypto.com m- so here's we can see like indonesia trading regulators approved trade bitcoin yeah like it it has been like a month uh after the rejection from ojk like the finance uh, institution in indonesia they they reject that cryptocurrency should be banned in indonesia but last week we found that the koftra the uh the commodity futures trading supervisory agency in indonesia has issued a permit to trade digital cryptocurrencies. so it is legal now which affect almost like 7 million people in indonesia and it it is hardly emerging like uh like dev said before it is yeah, it has some similarities with India because it is an emerging market here, and I think it is a big, big prospects for the future, I guess. And yeah, that's it from the Cri- Abur Crypto. So, yeah, what you guys think about the uh, emerging market here in Indonesia? So, it is now legal to trade and uh, investing in cryptocurrency here.
0: Is it, is it similar to what you're just discussing in India, uh, Dev, or are there any differences between those two cases?
1: I have a feeling this is very similar. Obviously uh, with, uh, with, it, with it being now recognized at a national level, people definitely um, from consumer standpoint gain in confidence in what lies forward and how they may leverage this technology where earlier it may have been you know, uh, open to scams and threats and whatnot and just ultra-high-risk, it was considered as ultra-high-risk assets. Here, at least with some regulation, there is some confidence that people may receive, even though there may be higher taxation, for example, in India's case or in Indonesia, where uh, it will definitely improve the payments and, and transacting at an international stage, right?
0: Right all right and reinard i think you found something well not jurisdiction related but it's more related to uh, companies in the private sector adopting blockchain um can you tell us a bit more about that
2: right so yeah i have another article about the big companies, big tech companies here it's about the google uh google company so yeah from from last week we we heard that a Google is currently launching their teams on digital assets like they are making new division to working specifically on digital assets because it is it is currently emerging and the the firms the of the cryptocurrency also inspired them and you know just just now just like almost yeah like a week ago here's the newest uh the newest news from cryptopotato.com like google officially launched a digital assets team like yeah from before we we just we just heard that google we are working on uh, the new division we are working on new division but now it is officially launches and it is currently under under rich with uh lady so yeah he is a well-known technology lawyer there and we can see here like they want to uh, like approach a little bit broader so they hope to use blockchain to offer services for building transacting and storing value and also launching products in the cloud not only just like the filecoin and seya at the forefront so yeah they are they are, they are, they want to make it like uh, in a bigger broader approach there to make a uh, to make a new, uh, I mean, like new solution, like new solution on technology. And yep. Uh,
0: yeah, I, think I almost feel like if that we they are
2: officially- um,
0: I feel like they, they almost came full circle there with that, because I, I remember in 2016, everybody was asking, why is Google not doing anything in crypto? And the running, the running joke was a little bit like uh, they're doing this Authenticator app, right? So at least they're doing something, um, but obviously that's not really crypto related. So now finally, after they notice, okay, uh, Amazon is doing things on crypto. Um, Facebook, obviously, with NFTs, they're finally uh, coming, coming late to the party. There's, I think they're probably the last big kind of tech firm that is uh, jumping in. What do, what do you think about uh, this dev?
1: It'll be interesting for me to see because obviously, you know, Google's been very shy since their failures in, uh, you know, tech-related or when it came to uh, the Google glasses and then with social media. But now they, week after week, they've made public announcements about the, the rate of progress and what all uh, they have in the pipeline. Uh, but it's, I'm curious to know what blockchain they're using. If it's Hedera Hashgraph, then it'll be interesting to see if how privately governed it is because. If, if, you know, on the one hand, they're obviously propagating the use of blockchain, but on the other hand, it's going to be governed by elite tech companies then again, defeats the purpose. But again, it'll be interesting to see how and what kind of products they build, what kind of blockchain they use, who governs the use of this blockchain. These are some of the questions that people will benefit from asking at least so early on uh, at this stage
0: yeah let's keep an eye how this develops another thing i think we should all uh keep an eye on including our, our audience is DAOs. Uh has been a little bit part of the story uh also in 2021 with uh, of course um, the constitution DAO. just if someone doesn't know what that was about is a DAO basically being set up in a matter of a couple of weeks through like twitter communication and discord to actually make a bid on one of the copies of the constitution, in the end they got around 20 million dollar raised uh, through through Ethereum, but then you know their bid was obviously um, didn't work out. But it's something that is um, proven in terms of like how fast you can get people together to you know accomplish some kind of a goal through a DAO. So this week in the news, there were a couple of more examples of that. Uh, one is a Korean museum that is, uh, well, having some financial issues and they are auctioning their uh, treasures. So I have an article from Yahoo Finance here uh, having actually two DAOs uh, being set up that are going to take part of their auction of some of the National Museum of uh, Korea's treasures. Um, so. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, the DAOs are called National Treasure Dial and Heritage DAO. And uh, they're formed independently of each other uh, when the media in Korea reported that uh, the museum is financially struggling. Um, so let's see how this will, uh, will turn out. But that's uh, definitely something that is popping up more and more. Related to this is a article here from Business Insider which is about an existing DAO. So obviously, um, DAOs are also tightly related to NFTs because some of them actually have um, a, um, a treasury of NFTs inside of their DAO, and the members that are part of the DAO, they own basically fractional ownership of, uh, of those NFTs. So this is a particular DAO that has a good collection of board Ape Yacht Club NFTs, which of course, uh, have their floor price uh, quite uh, seen uh, increased in the last uh, in the last months, and it's one of the most successful NFT projects out there actually. Uh, so they have a collection of 81 of those, and the fractional ownership of um, their tokens um, are actually a lot lower in value than the than the actual assets that uh, that they fractionize. So the assets being then the board uh, Jan Eight a- Club. Um, NFT. So they had a, a couple of ideas within the DAO because there's a decision making process in the DAO to submit a proposal, what to do, and the community can vote on that. But uh, some of them were not voted uh, to pass. And now there is a, um, a vote um, going about if they should sell those, you know, those those NFTs in order to decrease the value of the, the underlying assets by about 50% apparently. And then obviously uh, they will be paid out in dividends to the DAO holders. So um, it's actually almost an opposite dynamic, which you see with other uh, DAOs, where the under the fractionalized ownership tokens are a lot higher value uh, than the actual uh, underlying assets. And obviously in the last two weeks, with some pressure in the market, that value will drop as well. Um, But in this case, it was the opposite, maybe because it was an NFT kind of um, treasury that that was backing it. But it's definitely some interesting um, development regarding DAOs and something definitely to keep a close eye on to see also the possibilities there and how things work out. So yeah, what do you guys think uh, about uh, this news?
1: Right, um, very quickly, uh, the whole concept of a DAO to begin with, decentralized autonomous organization, kind of like a community that you know that has voting rights and, and some sort of a say based on their ownership of, of, uh, of assets on that DAO, uh, or, or like a shared bank account essentially, right? Where it's the, the, the organization, again, run on the blockchain, um gives more power to people who are part of this community and together we've seen uh very interesting um uh, incidents take place in the last six months where dao's essentially communities have come together in a bid to buy national documents or in this case uh uh really save uh an nft collection in 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 a way help its value um, so it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, the forecast for this year is more DAOs. More people will begin to appreciate what a DAO really does and it offers and um, and, and how uh, we already see communities building up on Telegram, Discord and other social media channels, how they may then migrate or, or see the benefits of taking that collective power to a DAO um, and, and help uh, impact uh, transacting. It'll be really interesting for me to see that. Um, but yeah i hope i hope there there'll be uh more appreciation of what a DAO can really offer uh and the general public uh, would be interested in, in in getting more DAOs built uh so to speak
0: absolutely yeah an interesting part about that is it, it kind of comes all together right like the fractionalized ownership of real life objects inside of nfts and then DAOs coming together to actually um you know do do something in terms of buying those um and then you have what we just discussed in terms of like cbdc's or, or other stable coins being legalized for for kind of payment or or, or other uh, DeFi applications where everything can kind of come together in this new web 3.0 space so uh, yeah, a lot of things that um, that we will be able to follow in the next couple of uh, months. So thank you. Thank you, Dev. Thank you, Reinhardt, for the updates. Appreciate it. I will talk to you both next week. And and, and thank you, um, listeners, for uh, for your attention. We will be back uh, next week with another news episode. And uh, beginning of next week, we will talk about NFT development. So I will have Josh and Havang in the show, who are both experts on developing nft smart contracts as well as the whole process of testing and deploying them so um see you all then and have a nice uh, rest of the week bye bye